growing up, um, my my street intersected with like a, a highway, like a really busy highway. Mm. Um, and I remember my next door neighbor and I, um, we would like walk down like the shoulder of the highway to go to the 7-Eleven or okay. to go to the video store to go rent Biodome for the 8,000th time. Yes. And uh, inevitably, you know, it's like a five minute, maybe 10 minutes at most walk down to that 7-Eleven. There would always be at least a couple cars with a man or men in them mm. uh, that would honk or shout at us or things like that. You know, two flat-chested 11-year-old girls in Junko jeans and oversized t-shirts and mm. these guys yelling, catcalling mm. after us, you know? Uh, and I can remember, you know, throughout my life, these, like, moments like this, like, once... When I was in college, my, my senior year, I was walking. I lived in an off-campus apartment and was just walking to school. Uh, and this guy pulled up um, in a truck next to me and just very slowly stayed next to me with the window rolled down, trying to coax me into the, the truck, just sort of like yelling to me to, Christ. you know, get in, you know, I'll, I'll give you a ride, things like that. Like, mm. like a little kid, like, hey, I've got candy, you mm. know, this guy. And he just followed with me stayed right next to me for you know a quarter of a mile until the road turned into a one-way street and he couldn't go that way anymore and i finally was you know i could get away from the situation um and i remember another time sitting at uh, the pub the pub that i always went to you know it's not like a seedy joint or anything no, like no. that not a dive bar and i was sitting and i was hanging out with um, my friend sarah's older brother he was he's visiting he's in the military and we were just sitting, we're kind of near the end of the bar, which is on the way to like the bathroom. And as we were sitting there, uh, like three different guys over the course of our conversation found a way to grope me, you know, pretending to fall over and grab me, things like that, you know, and, and Garrett, the guy I was sitting with was sitting there and he was like, I, I didn't know this stuff actually happens, you know, it just casually in a well-lit bar at like 9 p.m mm. you know before it was even late enough for kids to be kicked out of the place you know these mm. dudes are are just groping me while i'm sitting talking to another guy right and guys are supposed to make us safe like you know at least mm. men are supposed to respect that you're with another dude uh but just while sitting there these guys just kept grabbing me you know mm. and uh another time i was on a bus i worked at pbs in college and so I had to take a couple buses to to get to Huntington Beach and uh, this guy sat down next to me and he started asking me all these really invasive sexual questions complete stranger and then, complete stranger uh, yeah just kind of sat down started talking to me and then started asking me things like was I a virgin and things like that and when I didn't answer he was like yeah you are and then offered to take my virginity like the nice guy that he was no, in case I wanted to do it with someone who I wasn't in love with to mm. get it out of the way uh and there were lots of lots of onlookers lots of men watching um looking concerned looking grossed out uh but nobody doing nothing. said anything mm. nobody intervened no one was like maybe I should try to pretend I know her, sit down, get her out of this situation. Mm. I just had to endure it for 45 minutes. And uh, he, he had told me he was a, a he worked at Vaughn's. He was a, a stalker, the guy who stalks the, the shelves. And uh, it was at the Vaughn's that I usually frequented. So 
I had to find a new grocery store mm. so that I wouldn't ever run into that guy again. Uh, another time I was on the bus and a guy talked to me the whole time. Uh, and then I got off the bus and I lived in Oregon at the time and there were no streetlights at all. And I was walking back to my house with my key between my fingers, as women tend to do uh, if they don't have any other weapon on them. Mm. And uh, I suddenly heard someone running after me. Uh, and I remember sort of turning and squaring myself and like with my stupid key between my knuckles, like that was going to do anything and just waiting as I could see this figure mm. coming at me. And finally, it was the guy and he was like, hey, uh, I was just talking to you on the bus. I got off at the next stop and ran back to ask you out. And I was like, <laughs> in the pitch dark, you chased me down like this? Like, what? And then I also was like, I, I'm engaged. And he was like, yeah, I did see the ring. It's like, so you chased me down in the middle of the night in the dark, knowing I was engaged to try to ask me out. Why? Why would you do something like that? Uh Another time, a guy who was hung out in my circle of friends, he, uh, we were, again, just at the bar, at the pub, the place that we always hang out, and he leaned over and said something to me about wanting to pull up my dress and pull down my panties. And I remember going over to the bartender, a friend of mine, and being like, hey, Tommy just said this to me, and that uh, his response was, he's just drunk, he's harmless. Uh, and that from that point on, whenever I would sort of bring up that I didn't like Tommy and I didn't want to go to things that Tommy was at, it was sort of like a joke to people that they would, you know, mm. roll their eyes and laugh like she's got this hang up mm. about Tommy. Mm. You know? And these are just a few of the things that I have experienced. You know, that took me a minute to brainstorm just thinking about times that this stuff had happened. And this is just things in public. These are things that have happened in public spaces, mm. plenty of people around. Uh, so this is discounting this, the online space. This is discounting. Yeah, private situations, things like that. This is just things that have been happen that have happened with people there who could see it out in the open, you know. And with all the stuff, all the talk surrounding uh, Sarah Everard and her murder this uh this past week it's brought up a lot for for women and and has been this moment where you know it's 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 not safe to do anything mm. you know we can't go or do the, the public sphere is not safe for us and that you know that thing that i think is hit for a lot of people is the the text messaging you know the uh what was what was the text that she sent like i'll i'll text you when I get home or mm. something like that mm -hmm. uh, and that we all do that right as and and that that doesn't protect us you know if you don't get home you just didn't get home but I guess you sent the text so there's that and uh it's interesting to see the conversation spring up around this I watch a show literally every week called Dateline and 90% of that show is stories just like this one um and it never changes anything but mm. Now there is a conversation that has started in the UK and kind of spread here about men and their their role in this. And so as counterintuitive as it might be, 
I want to center you in this conversation, Mark. Mm. Uh, Please do. And ask you a few things about this, you know, Joag therapy here. Um, So for context, for context, uh, just on the off chance you're listening without any kind of broader view of what's... Sure, yeah, you have no idea. ...of what we're discussing here. And yes, Joag is not a a, a fucking crime podcast. Joag is not a current events or issues podcast. Uh, but as we've said all along for the past six months, um, this stuff is out there. The dark areas of life are out there. And this today, this week, it's been a shit week, man. It's been a shit week to mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. It's, it's you know, everyone, everybody has some experience in this, in, in this field. Everybody has a fucking story to tell. I mean, for my part, I mean, uh, we're going back a long old time now. This is when I was still living in Aberystwyth. And I was simply walking home after a night at a friend's house um, with earphones in, simply walking home. And there was a, a, a girl maybe 20 paces in front of me. And for whatever reason, our routes home, I was simply walking back to my, to my, to my house. And our routes home were identical. We took the same turns. Oof. Oh, yep, God. Yep, yep, Um we walked on the same side of the road and I had, I had earphones in. I was just listening to music. I was completely unaware until uh, when I'm, I'm maybe, you know, 10 feet from my front door, she wheels, turns around and jabs a finger in my face. Why are you following me? And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm going home. I'm going home. That's literally all I'm yeah. doing. With no idea of what my presence hmm. The fucking simple fact of my presence, the impact it was having on that girl walking home alone at night. Yeah, that's a big moment, you mm. know, to realize, holy shit, you know, that this is, like you said, just being there. So you didn't have to do anything. Exactly. Is enough. So yes, it, uh, like I was, I was explaining for context. I apologize. So this week, uh, last week, a girl from uh, London. I say girl, a woman in her 30s went missing and has uh, it's emerged that uh, was abducted and killed by a serving member of the police force, for fuck's sake. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and the conversation has caught fire, hasn't it? The, it's it's mm-hmm. such an emotive topic, such an horrific topic. Um, and... As you just alluded to, Corey, what we're not going to do is go into the details of the crime. That's not why we're here. That's not what, what this cast is all about. Right. But I, it it certainly feels like we have to talk this through this week. We have to open with this this week. We have to get into the bones of this this week somehow because I'm a fucking white man, right? On paper, <laughs> yeah. I'm the fucking problem. Right. On paper... And not just, uh, not just for, for for crimes of this nature, but for fucking most things, most things that are f- most heinous fucking acts throughout history, globally. It's me or someone who looks very much like me, right? Who's at fault, and I am deeply fucking. I'm 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 completely lost as to how to fucking deal with this and what to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm always so cautious 
and so reluctant to appear performative in my responses right. to things like this, right? Which is why, you know, you know my social media fucking quote-unquote brand, right? Right. I, irreverent, um, self-aware, <laughs> and I see people, I see my colleagues, I see my friends retweeting and, uh, you know, posting messages of allydom, allyship. And I'm struggling, man. I'm struggling because I don't know, I don't know what I can do that would have any impact. And as, as the fucking problem, as I am the problem, I think my fucking voice is the last one that needs to be heard. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. The very last thing I'd want to do is to try and contribute to the discussion in a way that just just is static and is just fucking bullshit performative hashtag social media nonsense slacktivism i guess right yeah um and while i'm doing my fucking damnedest to instill values of respect and inclusivity and tolerance and fucking just all the good shit in my children i don't i don't know what i don't know what to do yeah <laughs> That's very real, you know, and I mean, from a perspective of, you know, a woman watching this, I think, yeah, the, (laughs) there's always those moments where you see someone who is like performing this stuff on Twitter, saying the right thing, who you know Mm. does shitty things Mm. in their personal life. That isn't something I've come across. Yeah, this is, I mean, I've known... Uh, a friend and I both had a terrible experience with this same person Mm. um, who just terrible manipulative person um, but is like kind of a a bit of a famous psychologist okay um, who talks at length about how to avoid people exactly like him (laughs) you know (laughs) and it's the the that difference of, you know, you see someone post something about being an ally or whatever, and sure. you're, you're like, yeah, I know what you're really like. Mm. At the same time, though, you know, seeing things like I've been watching your friends post things and it's comforting to see such um, these kinds of statements to watch men come out this hard mm. um, on these things. Because and to hear you say, like, you know, you are as a sort of grouping yourself in the problem right and being able to see that this is one of the interesting things to come out of this conversation is the tension of being able to say that right of being able to say this is this is on me to somehow fix and i think it's interesting to hear the sort of um but how to this Mm. to preach to the choir doesn't necessarily do anything raising good men is important but what what is there i mean I guess when I think about this stuff too, like, does it ever, I always say when people try to like, not all men something or um, all lives matter or things like that. Yeah, sure. If if it's not about you, it's not about you. So you shouldn't be, uh, it shouldn't bother you. But I do think one of the things that comes up for me is that this conversation leads beyond simply don't rape and murder. Mm-hmm. Um And it's easy to separate this idea of like good men and bad men. Mm. But I don't think that that's actually a useful 
distinction. I don't think it's about good men versus bad men. Um, I think I know a lot of good men who probably, when they think about this conversation, realize if they look at their past, there are things they've done. Sure. Whether actively or passively, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, when the Aziz Ansari thing came out, that was not, it wasn't rape, right? But that he decided to sort of override the social cues that would have indicated this girl was not uh -huh. into it. But because she didn't say no, mm -hmm. he just overrode that and went with it. And I think a lot of men have done have done that, you know, because they wanted it. And in the moment they were like, well, she didn't say no. So I guess, Suspending you know, disbelief in the moment. Yes. Right. Or like my bartender friend just mm. excusing a friend for something. Mm. You know, and going like, ah, he's harmless or laughing when someone makes a joke about something terrible about assaulting a woman or things like that. That when we start to expand this conversation outside of just don't rape and murder and mm. think about what it means for men to be the problem. I think that's the kind of stuff that needs to be addressed, right? Like you can raise a kid to be as respectful or whatever as you want. But if they stand there while their friend isn't. Yes. What what use are they, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean... I don't know what the solution is, but I think there's a lot there. There is, and... You... You danced around the edges of it a few moments ago. There are so many threads at play here in mm -hmm. terms of what are the what are the, the structures of masculinity that are... Mm -hmm. uh, that, that we're expecting our men and our children to kind of grow into... Uh, and and you're quite right. You know, if if you've ever stood by silently, as as happened on your bus ride that you spoke of earlier, mm -hmm. what is you know what are the what are the, the the kind of the thought processes that somebody goes through when in a situation like that, when you you, you know you, there's a moment when you're called upon to act or to do nothing what choices are you making in your head that push you down one particular path there's fear there's uh you know the 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 fear of of, of intruding of offering help of, of, of you know white knighting being the fucking oh where, who right. the fuck do i think i am going go, going to someone's rescue like i'm some sort of fucking big <laughs> shot again there's there's insecurities there's fear at play yeah. there there's a lot yeah so it's your job to unravel this you mm. know I don't know. What is that? Curious about the weight that that puts on you. Know you know, like your 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 story about um, you know realizing that you had been scaring this girl un unintentionally. It was horrific. You know, what does that you know when you go through your life? You know, in in times when you are allowed to interact with people in in the real world, mm. uh, how does it? How does it change the way that you interact with the people around you? And then, you know, also as you're sort of like teaching this to your kids and whatnot, how do you suppose you address the fact that men don't have to think about the things that women do in terms of their safety? You know what I mean? Like a guy might be afraid of getting mugged or something like that. Sure, but in sure, general, sure. you're not terrified. How do you you know, see that, like, navigating that world. In there's, there's a side to this that also speaks to what we've spoken about in other episodes of this cast, where 
I and the 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 millions of people with, with whom I share a fucking a, a sex and a physicality have it so fucking sweet, right? Yeah. We have it so fucking easy. So the path to redressing this balance leads through me relinquishing some of my privilege, making things uncomfortable for myself and for my peer group. Uh, and without... I, I fucking hope to Christ that the, the, the conversation isn't just something of the moment. The conversation that's happening right. now isn't something that's of the moment and will just, you know, disappear off into the background as so many of them do. But the path, again, the path to redressing the cultural issues here goes through a lot of discomfort, a lot of recalibration, you know, recalibrating the paradigm mm -hmm. of what it is to be a man, what it is, uh, awareness of your own spatial fucking impact mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. you know, and, and what you're carrying around with you. How did you get here? This is, I think, a really interesting question for me and one that I think would be interesting for other women to hear but also something that maybe is instructive for men because like I said you you and your group of friends uh seem to generally not be terrified of being implicated in these kinds of things and I don't mean that in a like even on a personal sense like oh someone's going to find out I did something terrible mm. but in the sense that, that you don't feel a need to not all men this right but but you were socialized like all other men were did you guys grow together in this did you meet already in this space of like we are all leftist positive feminist men and that's what drew you together or like how have you seen this why are you question. not afraid of this and why aren't your friends afraid of it either it's a terrific question uh firstly i mean the, the group of guys that you're referring to we we, we we all met at different times i mean i came quite late to that friendship group um, so it, it isn't as though we all kind of, you know, yeah. met and, 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 you know, bonded over uh, in a single moment. Sure. I, I think it's a, there, there are a few different answers to that question and I can only speak for myself. Um, right. but I think it's the people who I look up to, my role models mm -hmm. have been largely excellent. Um, mm. it's the kind of art and media I consume it's mm. the kinds of behaviors that I hold to be aspirational. Mm -hmm. I think I, and I, I, it almost feels redundant to spell this out, but I, I, I see way more value in passive, respectful behaviors as opposed to ass assertive, kind of dominant behaviors. I, mm -hmm. I keep coming back to my core values, things like authenticity, things like self-awareness and kind of honesty with yourself and i feel comfortable enough in myself to not have to constantly assert and to push back i i feel confident enough to quietly just consider and contemplate and learn at my own pace i don't That's know if really that made, i don't know if i made any sense no that made total sense and and you know uh richard had posted in his story um this really sort of moving uh, mm. piece that someone had written yeah, uh, that right. had to do with like risk yeah. and men, you know, and a, the thing that we all know, like uh, that men are promised women. Right. Mm. Um, but also just this idea of um, the posturing that men do and the, the behaviors that they learn 
based on a fear of rejection uh, okay. and, and this perceived idea of risk mm. in, in relation to other people that, that causes uh, instead of these like respectful interactions that you're talking about here to first lash out like a kid hitting someone on the playground for fear of being rejected. You know, if, if I hit you and you're mad at me, that's like, okay, I earned that, whatever. Yeah, yeah, As yeah. opposed to if I tell you I love you and you are like gross, that is, you know, that feels bad. Mm. Um, and I think this idea of um, self-awareness and not being afraid to be introspective is a lot of that because a lot of pushback I think comes from the fact that if we are going to talk about this, people are going to have to be introspective about themselves. And most people are terrified of doing that. Yes, 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 um, yes. And and <laughs> like we said earlier on, it's this fear of my fucking privilege being disrupted. Right. It's fear yeah. of the way that I'm very, very comfortable, thank you, in my life and, and the mm -hmm. privilege that it offers me and the power that I have. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I'm not about to let one fucking murder disrupt that. No fucking chance. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think all of this is at the core of it, this sense that things are are shifting and being shaken up. Mm. Um, these power dynamics are changing in ways that people in power do not want to let go. Um, and then on a personal level, the emotional mm. element of this is something that I think men have been trained not to to do everything in their power to avoid having to feel. Mm. you know and which leads me to 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 wonder who is at fault here aside mm -hmm. from the individuals aside right. from the individual making fucking horrific choices nobody nobody arrives at a state like that entirely of their own volition yeah right and even in the days following this atrocity the media is still using deeply fucking questionable language about this. Mm -hmm. um, the way that the police acted at the vigil last night. Did you oh, see God. that? Yeah, you want to explain it for those who didn't. Yeah, um, so uh, quite reasonably, uh, an, uh, a proposal was made that mourners uh, hold a, a, a vigil in um, Clapham where the, this event took place. Um, Firstly, they were told no because of COVID regulations. And when, you know, many, many hundreds of them turned up anyway, the police took a fucking heavy-handed approach, uh, yeah. arresting people, um, you know, manhandling people to the floor. Yeah, it was some American-ass policing happening right there. Indeed. Yeah, 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 yeah. And when you consider the, the fucking optics of that. And, and again, even, even, even the way that the news reports... Uh, adjacent kind of events. There was a headline on the BBC quite recent, uh, you know, literally days after this happened, teenage girl headbutts would be attacker. You know what I mean? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's framed entirely wrong. Yes. Um, and <sighs> we'll, when we talk about the movie that we watched last night, the watch along, there was a particular moment in that movie where, where a light bulb went off. And if, if, if creepy fucking ownership kind of behavior is everywhere in media in culture even in the kind of fucking lyrics to the kind of music we listen to i've noticed over the past week i'm very tuned in to the to the kind of language and lyrics that are in some of the music that i listen to and it is all based mm. around ownership it is all yes. based around power 
dynamics, uh, quote unquote love songs, are all very, very, through a certain prism, um, all kind of built towards this idea of 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 dominance and of ownership and of of right. Yeah. Uh, it's it's embedded everywhere. This imbalance between 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 male and female, masculine and feminine. I've never been more yeah. painfully aware of it than I am this week. Agreed. And it's, you know, I don't, as always, we won't solve anything here, but I think it's, we just needed to talk about that, you know, and, mm. and hopefully continue talking about that as, a, as societies. This mm. is not just a British problem, not just an American problem, not just any particular area's problem, but something that, like you said, it's embedded in everything to the point where we, you know, <laughs> most things that we love we look back on and go oh shit like that made stalking romantic or that made like possessiveness into i mean i listened to stuff like saves the day and plain white tees when i was in high school and Mm -hmm. i'm like like saves the day lyrics are about like murdering a girl for breaking your heart sure (laughs) it's like that's not that's not good Um, i I listen to a lot of weezer fucking creepy lyrics oh yeah Mm -hmm. oh from a, from a I love Weezer, but yep. So do I. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it is, it's at every single level of society, and that's what makes it so complicated, that you cannot solve it, Mark. You can't. But men can solve it, mm. you know. And, of course, as always, we're talking about this just because this is the conversation from a very, you know, cis uh, normative perspective is male female binary here and it's much more complicated as well when we add in other genders and such but as does this power dynamic the way that it's been learned and, and put into the media um, and what we're talking about right now you know it's it has to change on every single level but as men you know mm. uh, it's time to say this we won't stand for it anymore you know my friend uh, making a casual joke about something like this needs to stop because it's part of the, it's part of the structure. You know, uh, allowing someone to be just that creepy guy when he gets drunk needs to stop because it's part of the structure. Whatever, whatever men can do on an individual level, fucking do it. You know. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. Yeah, I know you know. All right, let's uh, lighten things up, shall we? Let's lighten things up if we can. Well, friends, uh, mm. welcome back to Jack of All Graves. A little sobering to, to get started. Not for the first time. It's not the first time we've come in a little hot. Um, I am quite, quite is the wrong word. I, I, I love that we can do that, right? I, yeah. I love that uh, our remit it covers everything from the fucking ridiculous to this yeah exactly and hopefully everyone you're on board with this uh you know as as ryan put it we're talking about the horrors of humanity so exactly that if that is not one of the horrors of humanity exactly I don't know that and no two episodes are the same which i which I, I i love that you that you brought that out ryan thank you yeah exactly so we'll take our our little shift here but also hey feel free to get in touch with us about what you thought of that any insights that you guys have Mm. about what we just discussed any ideas you have um anything that you think we 
misrepresented or whatever questions you have, anything, mm. let us know your thoughts on that entire issue. And we'll, yeah, we hear you. We'll see you. Well, I'd like to let you know my thoughts on uh, last night's third Joe Ag Watch Along. Um, it was fucking brilliant, right? I, I've, I've enjoyed so each great. one of these that we've done incrementally more than the last. And yeah. for some, I don't know what it was. It was a combination of things. The stars aligned. Uh, we had a great <laughs> crowd in the Discord last night. The movie was mwah, just spot on. We watched um, The Blob. We watched Chuck Russell's 1988 The Blob. And it delivered so, so, so well. It was way better than I remembered. Um <laughs> And it it was, was really great. It was. It was. It was. Ter- it was, it was I terrific. Think it hit for everybody in there, which is. Mm. I mean, I think we have had a pretty good success rate. I don't know if anyone's like hated anything that we've watched so far, but I think it hit really well for every single person, and everyone just had a blast watching yep. it. So yeah, everyone's really on form. I spent I spent the entire time just typing and watching and laughing. It was it was terrific. Yeah. Oh my god, there was definitely one point where I was just laughing <laughs> so hard that I was like I had tears in front of my eyes, and I just could not see the movie or yes. the keyboard anymore because i was just laughing i think it what broke me was colin's abracadabra uh comment <laughs> acronym yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. <laughs> when it went from the a cab to the abcd <laughs> to the abracadabra um then yes. i about died you can go back and read it read what was happening throughout that oh on, can we do that you know, can we hit, go and read back yeah yeah you can go back to discord and you can read oh, through things so you know hit play on the blob and then read through the commentary That's a terrific to, idea <laughs> <laughs> uh, and see how it went. great to meet everybody who came over from the dead and lovely crew um yeah, huge thanks yeah. for taking the time it was lovely to meet uh, uh those of you who showed up yeah just yeah big thanks to laura for mm. inviting everyone um as i was you know just in there didn't even really think about it she was like Corey, invite everybody to your thing it's like oh okay yeah come over <laughs> and it was so nice to to have them there so just oh, such a great time i yes. can't wait for the next yeah, it, it, it occurred to me kind of midway through that, that this is this is what the internet is for. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. that is absolutely what the internet is all about. Um, just lively, informed, erudite, urbane, funny as fuck discussion of art. Terrific. And make no mistake, yeah, with Chuck Russell's 1988 remake of The Blob is art in its purest sense. Oh my gosh. I can't get up like the blob itself. So just, good. I just loved it so much. I think the re- <laughs> the moment that like really I mean I was enjoying it the whole time but the thing mm. that really got me was when the guy got sucked into the kitchen sink Wicked. in the restaurant yep. and I was like oh mm. <laughs> just straight up yelled like oh fuck. But <laughs> Do you like that? Oh fuck. That was <laughs> Oh no. Was now so... I sound like Mickey Mouse. That was... <laughs> <laughs> no, um, there was way more going on in that film than uh, I think you would give it credit for just based on the fact that it was a remake of The Blob, right? There was, you had a film within a film. There was some lovely kind of meta commentary on there about horror as a genre. Mwah, beautiful. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. All of the fantastic mechanical and creature effects. Uh, yeah. Oh, God, so good. Yep, a banger. And if you, you know, do, if, if, if you haven't seen it yet, you owe it to yourself. Give yourself a treat. And, uh, yeah, if you live in the UK, apparently it's difficult to come by, but mm. here you can just rent it really easily yep. on like everything. So, you know, it's worth it. It's worth whatever you need to do to watch it. You're going to have a good time. Yes, it especially is. if you can get some pals together on the interwebs to do so. But it's it just adds more fuel to my 
uh, my yearning to know what the fucking story is with the disappearance of Chuck Russell from the movie uh, universe. Do you know what the last thing he made was? Uh, the Mask. The Mask is the la- that's what ninety four. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> I asked Robert England about this, right? Interesting. Okay. Yes, I did. Uh, I met Robert England at a con in Cardiff, uh, which Alan and I attended, and I, I put this to him. I said, "I think I did see the video of that, um, and it was so lovely." But oh, I didn't remember this from the conversation. Wonderful. So I asked him, on. you know, uh, you know, after directing Alan Street Three and the Blob and the Mask, he should have been gigantic. He should have been an absolute fucking genre pillar, you know. Um, and uh, Freddie just told me that, yeah, he, he, he does some TV. You know, he's still, he's still <laughs> working. He just you know, there was no no scandal, nothing big. He just, yeah, he did like a couple of yeah. episodes of like Ensis or whatever, and that's it. Did you just say Ensis? Yeah, Ensis. Is that what they call it? That there? That's what I call it. <laughs> or NCIS for it's the you know, I, those I, not on the inside. I, <laughs> I will continue to in the it fan NCIS. clubs that Mark's a part of. It's Ensis <laughs> on the boards that I frequent. <laughs> Um, that's interesting, you know, mm. and I respect that, right? Like, hey, if that's what you want to do, I mean, as long as it's not that it's just like no one would give him work anymore, then that's sad. But, you know, if you're just like, eh, I'm just going to make my, my money doing some, I mean, NCIS is huge. It is like one of the biggest shows yes. in America. So, you know, I'm sure you get a nice paycheck for writing mm. some of that. Yeah. But I mean, even as you know, with with both the Blob and Elm Street Three, working with Frank Darabont as well, who's a huge mm. name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, giant. I just there's something there, man. There's something that Freddie didn't tell. Maybe me. we can get him on. I did look for his Twitter. I did look for his Twitter handle, and unsurprisingly, not there. Nowhere to be fucking found. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna guess probably not. But hey, one of us needs to like invest in IMDb Pro or something so we can get. In, mm. in touch with people's like people but i feel i feel like we can track him down We're, we will do our best to track i would down love that i would chuck love russell. that and if by some absolute miracle that this should fall into his ears chuck russell you were a fucking you were an absolutely terrific director you made some absolute bangers come back because the world needs you we need you we need you yes yeah oh um, I'm, I'm i'm already kicking around some ideas for the joe watch along for I've got some thoughts about where we might go. I'm thinking we might do that. How like, you're going to influence it. The then. hate watch. Let's just pick some shitters. Um, Ooh. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I, I love a hate watch. Yeah. So I. I mean, that's what that's what dead and lovely screaming chat is mostly is hate oh, watching. Oh, I see. But, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but a good hate watch. Ooh. During, <laughs> during the course of this podcast, I've gone from, no, it's not cool to uh, to rip on bad yeah. films. And I'm like, fuck it. Let's fucking hate, yeah, no, fucking hate some... films. I was thinking about that last week as I was editing. It's like he's he's been on a journey, and uh, and he's no, arrived it's... exactly at the same place where he left. I've come full circle. Uh... <laughs> the important it's thing is fine. that I've learned nothing. Yes, <laughs> which is uh, this week we we watched a couple of movies, and one of those was um, Sator. Sator which sounds a lot more hardcore than it than it is. Uh, it's. This kind of, right, I've always, 
I've always really enjoyed silence in films, right? Mm. I, I I think I might have mentioned this on the cast before. I find films that, that, that employ long periods of silence to be really brave. I think it's a really daring thing. Like in uh, Wally is a great example, right? The first fucking third of that film, nobody yeah. says shit. Brilliant. Right. But Sator, it's very quiet. I don't know how to respond very to that. Quiet. Sorry, Siri. <laughs> um, you don't have to, Siri. No, no. Uh, it, it's kind of like mumblecore horror, isn't it? It's <laughs> very low-fi, very low-key, very... It, look, it's tense and it's a beautifully shot film. Yeah. And there the is some... atmosphere works. Mm. That's not the that's not the problem with that movie. Yeah. Um, just to quickly sum it up, uh, a very dysfunctional broken family live in what, in like a hut in the fucking woods. Um, yeah, it's like a cabin, something like that. The, the matriarchal figures, the mother and the grandmother, uh, are kind of deeply fixated on this apparition, this supernatural entity called Sator who the, who inhabits the woods and who is trying to kind of take their family apart piece by piece and two brothers uh two hunters they you know shoot deer or whatever it is the hunters do and, and they encounter this fucking entity in the in the forest and I the film I described is not the film that Sator actually is <laughs> uh, yeah what well, it's not what you it's just it's very it's very quiet it's I feel like <laughs> I, it needed characters. I don't know. There's the way that I looked at yeah. it, and I was like, you have one set of really good characters, and then these two other characters mm. that you spend most of the film with, who you know next to nothing about. Yeah. Um, and it, I don't know because there's nothing sort of built in there. It all feels very random. Yes. Um, and which which so, I dare say know, was intentional. You know, I, I dare say. Yeah. It's quite obtuse. Nothing really to to mm -hmm. hang your hat on. Um, all of which I dare say were were choices. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. It's, I think it it is what it wants to be. I will give it that. It just didn't work for me. Beautifully personally. put. Beautifully put. Yep. Yeah. Um, also, let's see. This week uh, with Dead and Lovely, I watched the film Rawhead Rex. Have you seen that? Oh no, I haven't actually. That's a, a gap in my. Uh, in my uh, my canon, I've not seen Rawhead Rex. I've seen lots of stills from it. I've seen the creature. I know what it's yeah. all about, but I've never actually sat down. With yeah, it. it's a it's very fun, very stupid. Uh, you know, just weird. Mm. <laughs> like the monster is the Clive Barker. Um, what did I make that up? Yeah, yeah, mm. it is. Mm -hmm. So it's you know it's the good little monster movie. Uh, lots of good bad eighties parenting that I love so much in a, in a horror movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's there's no substance to this really lots of over-the-top acting as this ridiculous looking monster it's kind of like gorn-esque almost uh, is, is attacking all of these people um lots of dumb decisions made but it's super super fun mm. um i i think you know this is a real good just sit around oh and like in the blob when you said um you know, not only did they kill the kid, but they like destroyed him. Completely you know? fucking like, ruined him. There's, there's a kid <laughs> in Rawhead Rex that like I thought was like one of the main characters or whatever, and then it just like gets unceremoniously <laughs> destroyed. I really like, like oh. that. Well, the the blob did yeah. that. They they give you yeah. the old switcheroo. You know what I mean? They saved mm -hmm. old Taylor Swift by getting her to mm -hmm. hand the plunger to the other guy, only to fucking wreck her in the phone box fifteen minutes later. Mm -hmm. Very nice, very smooth. Yeah. Didn't yeah. see that very coming, nice you know. Then. Um, yeah. Ah, but call back to what we spoke about earlier on the piece in the car with the guy fucking perving down the top of the girl who's passed oh out drunk gosh. in the seat yeah. next to him. Mm -hmm. And it just, the light bulb goes off straight away. Is it any fucking wonder that we're so fucked? 
when they're right. just depictions of men acting like this. I mean, yes, they 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 then go on to fucking melt yeah, his then ass. He gets killed, but how much does that? I mean, that you've got the uh, is it sixteen candles or pretty in pink with the the panties? Oh, I don't know. the same movie to me. Anyways, where the whole thing with the the nerd trying to get the the panties, and then there's like the drunk girl that uh, the protagonist whichever one jake ryan is in i think mm. anyways he uh basically like gives this drunk girl to someone like have fun you know and that's like a funny element of it or revenge of the nerds with the bait and switch it's basically raping a girl yeah i mean yeah so when we see all of these kinds of things mm. it's not great even if someone eventually gets their face melted usually they don't <laughs> but mm. yeah um also watched a movie called Stay Out of the Fucking Attic, which is new on Shudder. It is uh, not called Stay Out of the Fucking Attic. It is called Stay Out of the Fucking Attic. <laughs> it can't and be it as good is... as the title. <laughs> I enjoyed it. It's okay. uh, very low budget, extremely lo- low budget. The The script is pretty thin, mm. uh, but it's about these movers who uh, are going to, like, move this weird old guy um and he says he'll pay them more to stay overnight to like just pack everything real quick yeah uh and as things unravel you realize like maybe he might actually be uh joseph mengala okay. uh, somehow uh and there's yeah there's like good uh creepy like monstery things in it um some real nasty gore in there and Ooh. i love like a schlocky nazi movie like mm. i have watched iron sky a bajillion times i just love yeah i love that stuff fucking so dead snow is... there's a fucking button. yes yes mate. right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it is i think you know just a real low budge schlocky nazi movie mm. um that i had a lot of fun with and and recommend so right let's say those yeah. names again what was it called don't go in the fucking attic oh right don't go in the fucking attic. Uh, Sator. Sator. Uh, or no, not don't go in the attic. Stay out of the fucking attic. All right. Uh, and Stay the effects. fuck out of the attic. Is that what... Stay the fuck out of the attic. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Stay out of the fucking attic. <laughs> Damn it. You'll be able to find it. <laughs> There's not a lot of... It, yeah. It's like the first thing that comes up on Shutter right now. Okay. So you'll be able okay. to find it. Uh, Sator. A Sator, a, a, a title which is impossible to say with a straight face. You've got to go... No. <laughs> you have to go, Sator. <laughs> and the blob so yeah, those are our wrecks oh my gosh we've been talking for so long i feel like we should just keep like go do this and maybe save our main topic for yeah time. it's always good to have one in the bag we'll just bang yeah. on it's sato right it's impossible to say but have you ever heard of the term the invisible orange have you ever heard of doing the invisible orange no i don't think right. so this is a term most commonly associated with music right with metal in particular it's it's the the physical motion that when a song is so metal and so powerful and so operatic and so cool, you are driven to make this kind of gesture with your hand. <laughs> and I'm doing I'm doing something visual on a podcast here. I know it's but like a claw. It, well, gr- I guess the invisible orange. Yeah. Do the invisible orange, and Sator <laughs> leads me to Sator to do the invisible orange. <laughs> Have you not heard that one before? No. It's so perfect. It's so true. <laughs> it is. It is. Ghost, ghost lead me to do the Invisible Orange quite a lot. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. I've been listening to a ton of ghosts lately, by the way. It's just been my... As all good I think that's should. my, like... Yeah, it's my... I've had a weird week, so I've just been mm. listening to 
a shit ton of ghosts. And the <laughs> for some reason, well, I've said many times that uh, Mariana Cross is like just an instant Mwah. favorite song like of all time. So good. Um, but I, I actually like now keep listening to, I say the whole uh, seven inches of satanic panic or whatever it's called there mm. the two songs on that i've been like looping those constantly yeah, wonderful like, like just, oh, just walking down the street singing i'm totally a walk down the street and dance person like i will one i must look like just the oh, most okay. ridiculous human um but like if i get really into something like i'll start sort of like you know, tapping on my my thighs, yeah. and then the next thing I know, I'm like ba, ba, just da, like ba, ba. grooving. Yeah. yeah, like I can't help it. I'm mouthing the words, trying not to sing out loud. I'll do the invisible and, uh, orange if I'm if I'm if I've got a song <laughs> on and I'm running. See, I'm <laughs> one of the reasons why I'm an absolute advocate of music while I run. I cannot run without music, and that's because of a concept that I've come to think of as the rescue song. Right. Ooh. Okay. Let me, Tell me elucidate. Let me elucidate. So. Please do. It's happened. It happens more often than it doesn't. Um, when you're in the later stages of a run and you're fucking tired and you're like, oh man, time to turn it in. And then the right song will come on. Mm -hmm. And it's like a power up. It's like a, a Mario yeah. mushroom. You know, it's like when Mario gets the star <laughs> and it's bop, 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 yeah. bop, 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 and it gives you a boost and it, you get another couple of kilometers out because of the right totally. fucking song. And I have, I, I will, you know, I, I, I will uh, invisible orange uh, on a run. I, I run emotionally. I'm an emotional that. runner. Yeah. No, I mean, that makes perfect sense to me. I've told you that if, if I'm going to do something like running, I listen to a podcast so that I don't count the minutes of a song. Okay. But I will say like during like when I was doing hit training at the gym mm. that like my one of the trainers, Gil, he always had the best playlists. Okay. And he would like just hit, hit you with exactly the right thing. Like sometimes yeah. it would be fucking baby shark, you yeah. know? <laughs> and it was just like, be like putting it and all of a sudden I'm like, yes, yes, this is exactly what <laughs> I need knew? for this right yeah, now, yeah. you know? Uh, mm. But he, he'd often like hit me with like a, a shipping up to Boston as I'm like trying to like lift something real heavy and I'm like, oh yeah, that's exactly it, you know? I don't know shipping and, up to Boston. Maybe you could post it. Maybe oh, link to it okay. under, under, link to it on the blog. It's very Irish American music, hmm. um, and uh, a classic. I mean, it's Dropkick Murphys. Are you familiar with Dropkick Murphys? Very much so. Yes. There you go. So, mm. and it's as a Red Sox fan, uh, a staple mm. because they they play it during commercials. They play it during you know when you're at the park. It's mm. uh, yeah. So I will, yeah, I'll post that. Uh, but that yeah, I definitely understand the the rescue song in that context. Well, I don't do it while I'm running or things like that. 100% can be like pumped up. Exactly. Exactly. And, and it's, lifting it's, or whatever. it's like a mixture of the, the tank being empty, but then the fucking song hits. Ah! It's, and yeah. you know, you hulk up ah! and just give it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that feeling so mm -hmm. much. Yeah, you know? it's great. I mean, we're both kind of like workout heads. <laughs> just get very into an intense workout. But, you know, yeah, I love that, that feeling of a song hitting. I mean, I get... I, sometimes it's funny. I feel like I, I listen to podcasts more than I listen to music a lot now. Mm. Um, but there have been times I remember, uh, like, probably in April or May of last year when I was just, like, really cooped up from pandemic life and all that kind of stuff and mm. not having seen anyone or gone outside or anything like that. Uh, and that I put on, like, my my friend Hugh made, like, a high school alt-rock playlist. Oh, nice. Um, 
that was and it's like you know everything from like your like new metal type stuff to like actual punk to like just everything emo because you were indoors for months weren't you you were indoors for fucking months and months and months and months (laughs) yeah (laughs) and so i put that on at like two o'clock in the morning and just like danced it out in my living room for i kid you not like two hours i was sore for like days afterwards from dancing so hard for so many hours (laughs) so rescue song um congratulations on your vaccine by the way how are you feeling i feel great at least about that i was for anyone who is wondering you know what it felt like i got the pfizer one um and was lightheaded for about an hour afterwards um my arm hurt for about a day Mm -hmm. and then uh everything's a-okay so go get your vax as soon as it's available to you very nice you know it's you're doing it for everybody so as soon as you're eligible don't do the thing where you think that you're being a hero by not getting it so that someone else can get it just make your appointment go get that vax and let's let's start to get back to life you know Mm. yeah what a wonderful wonderful note i think one more thing go for it hey don't forget people uh (laughs) you can still uh tell a friend about jack of all graves and get a a handmade t-shirt from us as a result until March 27th. Tell someone, screenshot it, send it to us, and we will put you in the drawing. Very thankful for all the people who have done that so far. Yeah. Um, I also went to the bookstore the other day and picked up a few extra little little things to shove in the the box or whatever along with the shirt. So very nice, you know, very nice. Yeah, you um, look forward to treasure. I gotta give a shout out to Rich. Your Richard, your oh my god, Goblin Shark design is the yes. fucking greatest thing I've ever seen, mate. Absolutely terrific. Yes. Thank you. And FYI, Richard has given us permission to um, use that Beautiful. as a t-shirt design. So when we do start doing merch, uh, we'll have Richard's amazing design. We will have our logo. Uh, ben gave us permission to use that as well. Which just huge thank you to yeah, uh, thanks, these fellas who are mm-hmm. incredible artists and um, I quite like just a shirt great people that maybe has the joe logo on the back and maybe death nerd Ooh, i like that i mm. like that a lot i think we've got some phrases to to put we on do. some shirts as well which we won't need anyone's permission for because words so we're, we're gonna come up with some stuff for you you know yeah. you can have yeah. a death nerd mug or something like that <gasps> and just show your your joag pride it'll be it'll mostly be just me and mark buying everything for ourselves. <laughs> well that's which is fine <laughs> let's be <laughs> under totally no illusions cool. here we're doing a podcast for us uh, creating yeah. merch for us yes uh and i feel great about that yep so do i but if you want to come along <laughs> too then we are delighted to have you along on the journey with us yeah, absolutely. So, hey, thanks so much for, for joining us today, for sticking through some, some mm. hard conversation. And then On this some week's very special episode of Jack of All Graves. Very special episode. Have a great week. And look, things are fucking weird. They, of course they are. I mean, just before we hit record on this episode, Corey and I spent 15 minutes just kind of talking about how fucking strange we feel at the minute. Yeah. Uh, just the, the the accumulated weight of everything is having the effect of just making us feel weird as fuck not necessarily bad just out of yeah. out of sorts out of sync mm. um and if you're going through the same thing just lean the fuck into it. it the you know the end is in sight the end of this debacle of a of a 
of a period is in sight, so stick with it and stick with us. Couldn't have said it better myself, Mark. Mm. All right. Stay spooky, friends. Thanks, guys. Bye.